And welcome everybody to CSCR, Chicago Sports Crunch Radio. This is the show that brings to you the highlights of the sports world and industry. From Major League Baseball to the NBA, NFL, EPL, and so much more. CSCR is here to focus on local sports in the Windy City. From the Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, and White Sox. We're here to talk sports to the true fans of Chicago. We are live here from Studio One at WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network. This is CSCR, Chicago Sports Crunch Radio. Welcome back, Windy City. Red Rebel Army, Mr. Mush Jackman, Big Nick, back here, CSCR, at Studio One, at the Windy City Sports Network, Chicago Sports Crunch Radio. It's good to be back. We've been gone for a while. This is going to be episode number 19. And we're going to be talking Chicago baseball, which has taken a huge dip, a good dip, into the free agent market. We've been seeing a lot of guys coming into Chicago, both sides, south side, north side. And uh, obviously the Bulls, some good things, something at least a little bit different than the uh, Bears debacle that's happening at Soldier Field. And we will be coming with the Bears show, two shows, part one, part two. Uh, I know we've been mute a little bit because we've been very upset with the season, but we will be seeing uh, a part one on Sunday night and a part two, a Sunday, actually Sunday night right after the game, we've got some people going to the game, and a part two with the tree party analyst, Sammy the Bull and Jackman. Analysts. You like that, Jackman? I like that word for us. Analysts. Uh, we also... Wrestle Talk Radio is coming back, guys. Three months we've been gone, and they will be coming back. Uh, and we will have uh, Kes Craven, like White Castle, the mouth of the Windy City, uh, Mr. Levi, and uh, Big Nick. And we will be doing that on uh, Sunday night as well, too. And one more round radio. We'll be back. A lot of stuff to talk about one more round radio. A ton of boxing, guys. we got to go over, and we got to go over some future events and it's gonna be a smashing show we got floyd mayweather pacquiao this is the closest i remember them talking about actually happening yeah. we got a lot to talk about yeah there's a lot that we've uh, actually missed so basically guys i know we've uh, done one show in between we've just been in i hate us a lot of busy stuff going on holiday season's been uh, here thanksgiving just passed i hope everyone had a good thanksgiving uh christmas is uh not too far away a week away uh just a lot of things going on in a lot of our uh, lives and we just had to catch up so uh, we did not leave again this is a passion project we don't get paid and we don't ask you guys to give us any money uh we just like doing this stuff so uh this is something we like to do and that's why we're going back at it again we'll try most as often as possible to get on here we've been trying bi-weekly almost monthly at least to get it on here and uh with our busy schedules try to find time to do this stuff so um with that being said social media really quick uh facebook and twitter accounts guys follow us on facebook uh if you uh, like our facebook page it is at windy city sports network our twitter account is at wcsn the number 
3. Uh, you can follow us. We do post all our shows on our social media sites, so you can actually go on there and listen to us, and you can leave comments if you'd like as well, too. We'll share them on our podcasts if anything interests on there. Uh, we also have AppWise on your smartphones. Uh, we are having some issues with iTunes, and we're trying to correct that right now, but we are on iTunes, so if you press that button in the upper right-hand corner, that purple button, you can subscribe to us. You'll be getting our new shows uh, as well on there, so you can listen to us. We are on TuneIn Radio, which is a uh, Android or an uh, Apple iOS app. We are on Stitcher Radio, which is, as again, iOS and Android app. Uh, and we also are on SoundCloud. So if you go directly through SoundCloud, you can actually listen to us on the SoundCloud as well, too. So, um, And you can email us at any time you want to at WindyCitySportsNetwork at gmail.com. So, Mr. Jackman, how good is it to be back? It's very good to be back. It's a long time, and... Uh now we're back here. We got a lot to say. We got a lot to talk about. It just feels right. Yeah. So I, again, a lot of the stuff we've been saying about Cutler and stuff, we've been listening to everybody in in, in Chicago radio. So uh, same feelings, but we'll 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 talk more about that stuff on Sunday and Monday. Uh, we want to focus a little bit more uh, here on baseball, uh, which I'll glance on a little bit because I've got a little bit of a heart on on what's happening in baseball and. I'm sort of excited, like we were excited for the Bulls uh, before the season started. Remember that? Yes, there's a lot of optimism that we didn't have in a while for our Chicago for baseball Bull- team. Well, for the Bulls, I was really, we were both really excited. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm still excited because of what we're seeing. Uh, and I'm actually getting that same excitement out of Chicago baseball now, too, right now. So uh, a lot of good things. Uh, again, if people who've been listening to the show, I am a Sox fan. Um, Jackman doesn't watch baseball as much uh, or not too much. He's uh, a lot of us sort of – some people take baseball as a boring sport. I don't actually like it. I mean, I used to watch a lot of baseball, but that was eons ago, like the 80s and the 90s. The Ryan Sandberg, the Andre Dawson's, Jody Davis's. Right the there, Cubs. Ryan Sandberg, buddy, autograph. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I like that. you know, Mark Grace, uh, Leon Durham. I used to watch the Sox back then, too, with Harold Baines and uh, Bobby Bonilla and other great stars. Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, remember him? Wow. Yeah, I forgot about Bobby Bonilla. Wow, we can go on and on with 80s players right now. Eric Davis. Oh, yeah, and the Eddie, Reds. Eddie Murray, Harold Baines. Yep. Eddie Murray was the Oriole. Yeah, he was yeah, an Oriole. That was good yes. stuff. Dale Murphy on Atlanta. Yeah, he had a lot of home runs. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, again, obviously. Mike oh, yeah. Schmidt and Ron Sandberg were my base. favorite of all time. And yeah. I would say George Brett, probably close third. Yeah, they were all great players, those guys. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the White Sox. You know who I also liked a lot? Yeah. Uh, I felt bad when he died, Tony Gwynn. Yes, and Kirby Puckett, who is also a, a, a local guy. Yeah, Kirby Puckett was from here. Yeah, but Tony to- Gwynn, I remember watching him. You can hardly ever see card. him get struck out. He was. I heard stories of Tony Gwynn from some of the younger guys that were like towards the end of his career playing with him, um, and when in camp from like various coaches. They said they they have never seen a nicer guy. Not a nicer guy. Okay. Well, yeah, too I heard he was a very nice guy, accurate hitter. They said he used to call out where he would hit the ball as a joke, and it would go there. They said in camp a couple times, he, he would never be that cocky during games, but they said during camp sometimes he would joke around and he would tell the guys, like, look it, I'm going to hit it right, I'm going to hit a blooper right over the second baseman's head. Or, and he'd go opposite field. And they, they, I guess they would play jokes sometimes in the dugout, and he'd be like, where do you want me to hit it? You want me to go opposite field down the line? He'd be like, yep, and he'd do it. Yeah, he's one of those, one of the greatest hitters. Yeah. Him and Wade Boggs in the eighties were one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen. 
Like I said, Tony Gwynn, they said he could have hit a little more home runs if he wanted to, but he probably wouldn't have had the average he had. But the guy was a very unselfish player. He wasn't chasing stats. This guy hit 370. He hit 370. I mean, that that was rare. You can't forget this guy, and he's also up there as my top five, and he's probably number five, Don Mattingly. Oh, yeah. Yankees. Yeah. First base. And then I've always loved How about Keith Hernandez? How about the Mets, the 86 Mets? I'm not a huge Keith fan, but... Yeah, but and I mean that Mets was a good team. I loved when I was younger Mark Grace. Me too. Mark Grace. He's another guy him. who didn't strike out much. Yeah, I loved Mark Grace. I don't know yeah. why. I he think he's got an over three hundred bat- career batting average. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, Mark Grace doesn't... was a great fielder too. He was a uh, first base, a Golden Glove first yeah. base fielder. But I'm surprised they never gave him his credit that's due. Like you don't hear a ton of people talk about Mark Grace. You're right about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, he kind of just he had faded a away. Career. Yeah, me too. Hall of Fame? Probably not. But, I mean, he's still, some people in Chicago, I'm surprised he didn't end up in, like, Chicago Sports Talk Radio or something. He went to Somewhere. Arizona. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. That's, that's shocking to me. But, yeah. Doc, yeah, I, you know what? I think he's, he, he is underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes. And then, uh, man, you can go, I can go on and on with Paul Molitor. Oh, yeah. What was he on Milwaukee Brewers, right? And on the Minnesota Twins. Okay. And you got Robin Yount. Oh, yeah. He was on the Brewers, too. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't go on and on with, oh, like, yeah, heroes that I had when I was younger. Daryl Strawberry. Uh, the Dwight Gooden. Gooden yeah. yeah, all those guys. Ro- the Cle- well, Clement even played in the... Clemens, Mike Greenwell. Yeah, Roger Clement. Remember oh, Mike yeah, Greenwell, the left on the, fielder, uh, uh, Boston. Uh, yeah, Boston, yeah. yeah. Jody Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked uh, Ken Griffey Jr., too, a lot. Manny Trio. Oh, yeah. Was he shortstop through Ron, base? Ron Say. Hey, how about... Uh, Leon Durham. Yeah. How, how, how about... Uh, what's his name? The Shawnometer. Uh, dude, he was the hardest autograph to get ever. Oh, yeah? That guy would never autograph for anyone, I remember. When I was younger oh. and we used to go to Wrigley, and we remember the fence before they built that other fence, you were able to go up to the park of the cars and get their autograph. Remember how I got Samberg one? Or you weren't with I, me that no, year. No, I I don't remember. Yeah, and you, he he was the he was like the biggest prick in the world. He would oh. never sign. So I interesting. Don't know. Yeah, he was. You know who was the nicest guy back then though? Billy Williams. Oh, the old the guy. hitting wasn't he a hitting coach? Yeah, he him and Fergie Jenkins. Oh, the pitcher, nicest guys. They would stop for anybody. Oh. Anybody, man. You know, I got some uh, pitchers from the Sox: Barry Jones, Don Paul, and there was another reliever, Ron Paul. Ron Paul was it? Yeah, they all they were very nice. They no, signed, it was Don. Paul. It was Don Paul. Yeah, you're they, right. It is Don they Paul. signed my mitt. They were really nice guys, man. I was a young kid. I went over there, and that means a lot. You know, I also met Greg Maddox in person, who was a very nice yeah. guy. Frank he, Thomas and uh, Harold Baines signed my mitt. I still have it. I still played with it too. I remember after I, I signed pl- it. I played with my mitt too. That the Barry Jones and Don Paul, and there was another. I forgot his name. The Hawk. I met the Hawk in person. Yeah, Very a lot nice. of good memories when you're a kid in baseball. Yeah, yeah. All right, so getting into the White Sox, uh, a lot of good moves. Um, so, again, the Cubs are taking a different stance of how they're rebuilding. And they, they went, Theo went with the youth movement and whatever. And I, I know last year a lot of people were making fun of the White Sox, and, and I know a lot of the hatred between the Sox and the Cubs fans, but um, of how, oh, you know what, our farm system's the worst. And it, it, it is, and, and, and it's true. But it, it, the matter of fact is Ricky Hahn and Kenny Williams go after the players. So there's two ways of building your team. You go for the talent and sign talent, 
or you build your farm system. And the route the White Sox are going is they bring in the talent. And again, to prove my point to one of my last conversations we had on one of the last Sports Talks radios, um, that's the reason I'm a Reinsdorf fan. That's the reason I'm a White Sox fan. It's because he goes out there, he takes the risks, and he brings in the players. You can make fun as much as you want of the Adam Dunn move. It is what it is. What it is. We brought him in, and he was a bum. But the matter of the fact is, he took that risk, and he brought in that big bat to see hopefully it would work out. But in any case, on December 9th, we got the, the Smarge. The old cub that was uh, traded to the Oakland A's came back to Chicago, which is his childhood. Uh, he's from Valparaiso, Indiana. So he actually came uh, back to Chicago, and he was a White Sox fan. Um, and uh, he was uh, brought over with uh, Michael Noah and was traded with uh, Chris Bassett, uh, Feagley, the catcher, Ravello, the first baseman, and a little bit uh, distraught on this one on letting him go, but I think that that Ricky Hahn gave up on this guy, uh, Mark Seaman. I I think that Marcus Seaman had some talent at one point. I think they gave him the chance last year. Uh, They gave him a little bit of a chance the year before that. I think they didn't see much from him, and I think that's why they ended up just letting him go as well. Uh, Chris Bassett uh, was an okay reliever, not too bad. Feagley... um, didn't need too much as as well, um, but I mean overall last year you're looking at Smarja at a seven and thirteen record, two ninety nine ERA, two hundred and two Ks, solid. I mean Chris Sales obviously is going to go number one. You're going to have Smarja going number two, so he's going to be obviously your second stu- stud starter. Huge addition to the rotation, something we needed. Um, I, I think hands down, great move bringing him in. And now the White Sox organization is ma- is doing their hardest right now to convince him to sign long term, which we need to. Uh, hopefully they can lock him down for a three, four-year deal. I think that would be amazing. Second, the next day, this is during winter meetings, Jackman, uh, David Robertson, the closer for the New York Yankees, gets signed, uh, and he gets brought aboard uh, as a free agent. He signed a four-year, $46 million deal. That's a lot of money for a closer, in my opinion. Uh, So the way his deal broke down is in 2015, he's getting 10 million and 2016, he's getting 11 million. 2017, he's getting 12 million and 2018, he's getting 13 million. We all know since the world series year with the white Sox, Bobby Jenks was the last solid closer and then he fell apart. So this hopefully will put a staple in our bullpen and hopefully we'll have a solid closer that won't blow any of these saves. Uh, Then the next day, this is nuts, Jackman. We signed Dan Jennings, uh, and we needed that help huge in the bullpen. So we're bringing in the bullpen arms. And then three days after that, on 12-14, they signed from Toronto. Uh, probably was the third highest coveted free agent on the market, uh, left fielder Melky Cabrera. And uh, a lot of things I like about Melky. One, I do think they're taking a slight risk signing him. Two, he is the best outfielder out in the market right now. Uh, they signed him for a three-year, $43.5 million deal. Last year, he batted 301 with 16 home runs, 73 RBIs, and he was hurt for about a quarter of the years. So, that, so that's solid numbers. Um, this is what I like about Melky. He's a switch hitter, and it's hard to find switch hitters that have a good bat like that. And that's what I think is going to bring huge. Now, and the downside, I think that means that Tank's numbers are up. And I think right now, as everyone's heard, that uh, they're talking uh, with the Seattle Mariners and they're trying to deal uh, uh, Vicicetto out. And it looks like they're probably going to go with some youth and, poss- youth and poss- possibly a bullpen arm. Um, 
But either way, it looks like Tank's days in, uh, in a Sox jersey is numbered, and he'll be out real soon as well. Um, before this happened, about a month before, about two, three weeks before, we signed Adam LaRoche. Um, again, I, I think that's a solid bat. He was 259, 26 home runs, and 92 RBIs with the Washington Nationals, um, which had a great run last year as well, too. So I think he's solid, and I think he's going to actually help out uh, at first base and at the DH. He's going to be doing switch as well. Um, but it, it's going to be a huge addition for Abreu, and I think it, it's someone that Abreu can learn from as well, too. So, And then we bring in Zach Duke as well as another bullpen arm. Hands down, all analysts. All sports, stock radio, everyone across MLB.com, whatever you want to say. Um, the Chicago White Sox are probably the most improved team so far to date in this offseason. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, which are the rumors that are coming out of White Sox camp. So that means that Ricky Hahn and Kenny Williams are not done, and they're going to do a lot of things. Now, if you analyze a quick rundown of their roster... Obviously, Tank's going to end up be leaving. He's Seattle-bound more than likely, or if someone else jumps in there. Um, you've got him at left field, Adam Eaton at center field, hopefully w- risking both Melky and Eaton stay healthy. Avisal Garcia, again, every the whole outfield got injured last year. So with Avisal coming back, that will be a big bat as well, too. Still has not proven himself as a White Sox, but again, he got injured for majority of the year last year. So your whole outfield right now scares me a little bit because of the injuries. So hopefully if they stay healthy, they'll put up good numbers. Uh, shortstop, you got Alexi. I know the Dodgers are hunting hard on him and the Yankees, and they're trying to bring him over. So hopefully he stays with us. I don't want to see him go. Solid shortstop. Um First base, you'll end up switching with Abreu and LaRoche. So DH and first base will be going back and forth there. Um, Connor Gillespie and Matt Davidson are probably going to be platooning at third base, which means we won't have to really go. And I, I really want to see more out of Davidson at third base. I think that that's uh, something that we need to start seeing in the trades that we did last year um, to, to, to help in that position. We really haven't seen a good third baseman since Creedy, and I don't even want to know if you want to call him good. Um, and then the only positions really that scare me right now is second base. And in my opinion, I am not a fan of Tyler Flowers. I think he's a bum. So we need a second baseman, and we need a catcher. Second base, I know we got Micah Johnson, so I know that there's a prospect that may possibly come up early. And if he does come up early, we may throw him at second, and we can see how he does. Um, But overall, I think Tyler Flowers needs to go. Your five-man rotation starts with Sale, Smarja, Quintana, Danks, Noessi. And then your bullpen, obviously, you got uh, Robertson closing it down, Eric Johnson, Nate Jones, uh, Dan Jennings, Zach Putman, and Zach, uh, Zach Duke as well. My opinion, what's left in the market right now is you need to get a solid catcher, possibly a second baseman, and you need another starting rotation pitcher in case one of your top five go down. Um, and honestly, you can probably even put an OSC in the bullpen for the time being, bring in another top five rotation guy, and you're solid. So if you want to do this as urgency of which way you should go i think we should definitely go with a another top five rotation pitcher go with the catcher and then or second baseman then with the catcher hands down so looking for great things out of the Sox camp um can't wait till spring training uh i haven't done the math of when uh camp starts but i'm going to be really excited with camp and i wouldn't mind jackman i wouldn't mind going to a spring training for a vacation one year where do they play in Arizona now? Um, the yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be bad when you go for a week and just check out spring training. 
No, it'll be nice vacation. Yeah, no doubt. you'll be in uh, nice warm weather. You get while away like from 30, the cold. We'll here. be in March. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Cubs, um, a lot of good moves um, as well. Uh, not as much as the White Sox, but they did a lot of big moves. The most highest coveted free agent on the market went to the Cubs. They signed John Lester. Um, me and Jackman were talking about this, mind you. His numbers were great. I mean, he was 16 and 11 last year, 2.46 ERA, 220 Ks. But I think you guys paid him a lot of money, $155 million with a $30 million signing bonus. Wow, that's huge. Uh, this is what scares me about this, guys. Well, baseball players, aren't they, Big Nick, aren't they the most uh, paid athletes? S- starting pitchers, too. Yeah. But y- y- who remembers Alfonso Soriano? Who remembers... Uh, for Christ's sake, Ryan Dempster, all these guys that we overpaid, and and that scares me. That's a lot of money for a pitcher that's sort of still somewhat old. He's not the youngest guy in the world. He's a proven arm, but I, I don't know. So uh, that contract scares me a tiny bit. Um, he's he's a great player so far. We'll see what he does in a Cubs jersey, but it just scares me a little bit. Jason Hamels, great deal, great signing. I think awesome for your for for the rotation. He went ten and eleven last year, three point four seven ERA, one hundred and fifty eight. The other addition, which I wanted him to be a White Sox, but he's not. Uh, I think Miguel Montero is is a huge catcher. Awesome battery. He works very well with pitching staffs. Uh, I, I think that's a huge addition for the White Sox or for the Cubs they have at catcher, and that's really really good. They only let up, they only uh, Goodley and uh, Miha is the only guys they ended up giving up, and I think that's nothing for for Montero. So when you look at the Cubs breakdown, it's a lot of youth, a lot of youth. So you got Junior Lake, uh, Alcantara, Solar. Uh, your infield, you're looking at uh, of the bullpen. Mike, Olt. my I like Mike Olt. So you got the bullpen right now. Platooning at third base is Valbuena and Olt. Castro at short. Baez or Alcantara will probably be platooning at second. Uh, you got obviously Rizzo at first base. Montero's now going to be your catcher. Your starting rotation is probably going to look like Lester, Hamill, Areta, Wood, and then Hendricks, and then you possibly even have Wada uh, as your other guy. Uh, you still, I think, need some arms at your starting rotation uh, in your in your. Starting five, um, I, I, there's talks of Kobe Rasmus. Uh, the Cubs are talking to Kobe for center fielder, maybe to free up Al- uh, free up Alcantara to maybe throw him in the infield somewhere, maybe possibly throw Baez over to third base. And uh, there's a lot of things happening. I- I'll give the Cubs credit. There's a ton of youth. I-, I think some of this youth could be traded, and I think they need to start getting some proven bats in. Um, and I think that's I think what's the missing piece now. Are the Cubs contending this year? I don't think so. Are they going to have a good year? I think so. So I think right now when you're looking at the Cubs, they're making the right moves and the right decisions. And I think if you just get some good proven bats and maybe maybe one or two proven arms in the rotation, you guys may see a good season. I think with what the White Sox did, you're already looking at a possible contending team. Playoffs probably for sure. I don't know about World Series yet. I think we still need a solid arm in the in the in the starting five and maybe a better catcher and stuff. But if we can hold this down and the injuries stay good, I mean, you never know. I mean, the last time we made this many moves and stuff, we won the World Series in 05. So uh, this is looking good, and they're telling us that it's not done. All in all, um, Chicago baseball is looking really good. I know last year was a wreck of a season for Chicago baseball. Everyone on both sides of town gave up on the north side and the south side, and now we finally have something to look forward to. Can't wait till camp starts. We're probably about two, three months away, and it's going to be 
pretty good to be either a Cub fan or a White Sox fan in Chicago. So uh, I'm glued to the TV. I'm still watching SportsCenter. I'm still looking to see what other moves these guys are doing. Um, but uh, they're they're busy campers, I think, in uh, in White Sox town and uh, Cubs town right now. So we'll see what happens with baseball. So now we're going into Jackman's favorite uh, subject. I don't know. Football's up there too in boxing, but. I like basketball a lot, guys, and especially when the Bulls are very good and competitive like they have been the last couple of years. And this year especially, it really gets me excited in, yeah. in, the, in basketball in general and especially the Bulls. So towards the end, I want to talk a little bit about like NBA surprises. Uh, remember on, the, on my agenda when I wrote that down? Some of the teams, there are some good shocking teams, I think, in my opinion, that came up. But um, yeah. all in all, I mean, if, if you're looking so far at the season – um, I like a lot what I'm seeing right now from the Bulls. Um, I, I think uh, I'm 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 also seeing what was I think not seen too much last year. I'm seeing a chemistry between Tibbs and the front office. They're getting along a little better. Yeah, yeah. better than last year. I think yes. So, and again, I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know if it's Pax and just tell him, hey, you better do that, and then Tibbs just being okay. Yes, sir. Or if they're really getting along and they're sitting down in closed rooms and they're talking and telling them, this is what you're going to do. And Tibbs is like, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the route we have to go. They're seem, they're, they do seem to be agreeing a little more. Maybe, uh, or, or you never know, maybe Tibbs saw what San Antonio did and he probably sat down and realized and said, you know what, they're right. I got to arrest these guys. Well, to a certain extent, he still trusts his horses, Big Nick. Butler's still playing pretty heavy minutes, you know. Yeah. Tibbs is going to play, it. you know, basically, Tibbs' roster, the guys he trusts are, and this is my opinion, the guys you're going to see. Well, this is still early to tell, but this is basically who you trust right now. You're going to see D-Rose. Okay, the starting lineup. Okay, we know the starting lineup. He trusts all those guys. Then on the bench, Taj. He trusts Taj. Yeah. He trusts uh, Heinrich. Yeah. He's going to get playing time. Brooks, he trusts Brooks. And now, Meritage. Yeah. He's starting. You can see the trust grow as the season goes on. So that's deep. That's a nine-man rotation that's kind of unheard of. Mostly in the playoffs, what do they play, about eight guys? Yeah. There's the, 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 Here's another thing. I, I've heard rumblings of Taj, his name being thrown out for trade bait. Oh, and that's scary. I haven't really heard like teams yet. I, I there's I have heard Houston a couple times. I don't know why, um, but it's just his name's out there, and it's a little scary. I don't know, but we'll see. Maybe maybe they're thinking of getting rid of him because you know what? They might need the money for uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. And I mean, think about it. If you're going to get rid of a guy, I, I would really hate to lose Taj. Huge piece role player, I think, in, in the whole team, even though he doesn't start sometimes. Sometimes he does when people are hurt. But um, if you're going to lose anyone, you're, I, I know Gasol's old and stuff, but I'd rather lose someone that's on the bench right now to free up to, to free me up money so I can sign Butler at the end of the season. You know what I mean? I know what Butler's your starting shoot guard, shooting guard. You need that starter. If you lose Butler, what are you going to do? Now you've got three power forwards. Right. So in a way, and who knows if we get a draft pick out of it too? Yeah, 
So who knows? You may be able to get rid of him with a draft pick too. In my opinion, guys, that's a smart business decision. If if they see Taj go, I, I would be sad to see him go, but I would not be sad because I'd actually be a little bit happier that the Bulls actually did that, and hopefully we got something good in return like a draft pick. The only thing is... Noah is not quite where he was before because of his injury. And that's what's good problem. to have three power forwards because then you can rotate Gasol and then use Miritich, another guy. But and again, Taj, because Taj plays that defensive, that rebounding. He kind of plays like Noah. Yeah, and it depends, I think, on how much trust Tibbs gets in Miritich as the season goes. It's if, increasing. Yeah, and if he feels deep down inside, then I love Miritich. I, I think we may see Taj go this year. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be more possible the more trust he has in Meritage. Yeah. I would agree with that, but. Yeah, you got to start I, watching college, man. Yeah, I got to So then you can college. start seeing the guys the that are The younger guys there. coming up. So, yeah, so then when you know the draft picks are happening, you'd be like, oh, it'd be awesome if I could get this guy. If you can watch, this is what I do a lot of times. I just try to watch the top games that are, like, on ESPN. You know what I mean? Right. And then, it, like, on the weekends, if you see some of the top games on, like, CBS or uh, ABC, I watch some of those, Big Ten, uh, SEC, whatever. There's some good stuff on I, I like watching these I guys. like the March Madness, yeah. but I got to get into the college a little more. All right, so injury-wise right now, uh, you've got McDermott out, and they're saying six to eight weeks, but they heard that he's already up and playing and practicing. He's shooting, he's moving around, but yeah. he's not running. So he had. So I, I heard three to six weeks. So yeah, so they 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 heard they uh, they had a procedure done. So he had a procedure done on his knee. I don't know the exact procedure though. I just know it's his right knee. Yeah, he had a meniscus tear, a small meniscus tear. All right, so right they said it's, it's looking good. The good news is that he's already up walking and running around, so that's awesome to Not hear. running, but he's walking and shooting. Yeah, and yeah. shooting. Uh, and then Noah was day-to-day, but I think today I saw that he's playing. Or did you get I that? Heard, no, I don't know. I didn't get it yet. I heard he's probable. Is he playing? The The game just started. Yeah, I think he... Um, Against I, the Grizzlies, which is a tough team. Yes. Yeah, they're 21-4, and four, so... And they got... Uh, Paul Gasol's brother on that team, Marc Gasol, is also a fabulous center. Yeah, this isn't working. Anyways, but um, those are really the only two guys, and it's, I'm actually happy that that's, that's it and we're not getting hit. I mean, well, throughout we, the year we saw a lot so we, far. We did have, yeah, some injuries. Taj? Yeah. You Taj have, is not playing today, is he? No. No. You had also... Uh, Rose, multiple, in and yes, out. Heinrich a little bit. Paul Gasol a tiny bit. Yeah, he missed Now, it. obviously, McDermott. Noah, really, I've seen it the whole season. Yeah, Noah's been... And then yeah. Jimmy Butler had his thumb. Right. So, I mean... Jimmy Butler's tough, so he yeah. don't miss too much. So, we've ha- we've had a lot of injuries so we far. We have a lot of injuries, and the team hasn't... I would like to see the team play together as the whole team more. And, and that's what I like about... Th- with all the injuries we have, and we're still seeing a good season. Yeah, I mean, it does do one one thing where it grows some of the other players. Like, Meritage grew and benefited. Yes. You know, from some of the guys being Dunleavy. out. Dunleavy. Dunleavy is... Yeah. He grew too, I think, through this time. Because he started a couple games, he became the top guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it made him grow as well too. So um, Dunleavy's in- a solid player. I've always said that. Yeah. He's a very smart... I never smart- liked him in the beginning. I liked him a lot. He's fundamentally sound... He's smart. He makes passes. He's unselfish. He's a pretty good outside shooter, and he, he cuts in a lot. He cuts into the hole. He's a good player, and he's decent defensively. He's not bad defensively. 
Yeah. So injury wise, I hope it stays this way. Uh, the good news. Well, that I hope I, it improves a little bit. Yeah. The good news I like to see though is that I'm starting to see better confidence in D Rose as well now. Yeah, he's he's progressing. Yeah, so progressing. he still has it in his mind. I don't care what people say, and I think that's why we're, we're seeing that that hold back, and that's why I think we're seeing him not playing at the capacity that he did at a certain level. It's because he still has it in the back of his mind. He has a little fear. Better. I think he's got to overcome that. I think little by little, Zolt. He will. Yeah, but I'm starting to see him turn around and get to that player he was. And the reason I'm saying that is there was about two games I think where I saw him like his old self. Portland game yep. is one of them. And I and I was like, wow, I'm watching the D-Rose from three, four years ago. Yep. And I was he shows like, flashes of it, yeah, no exactly. doubt. Exactly. So he still has it. So I, I still have hope there. It's just that I think mentally he needs to get there on a daily basis. You see him go a little more for the three-point shot. Yep. And, and when you see that, he kind of... You know he's you know not really feeling it that day. Yeah, and I think Tibbs was right. I think he he nailed it when he said it's going to take time. It is going to take time. And I think what's happening now is with time, he's playing every game. And think about this: by the end of the season, he'll probably be the same day Rose he, Rose he was back then, and or close to it. He'll be completely have forgotten about the injuries because he's played all year without getting injured, and he'll be like, "All right, thank God, now I can play without thinking about that anymore." Yeah, I think it'll come. It's going to take a while. Even if he's 80, 80 90% of the player he uh, was. Yeah, I'll take se- I'll take 75% of what he was. Y- you know what I like about the roles? He's a very unselfish player. He get, he makes the team around him better. That's what I like he, about he that He wasn't guy. like that before. He, Th- he changed that part of the game, which I'm happy about. He... Okay, he did take more shots before, yes. but I never would think he was selfish. But at times, they didn't have the weapons they have now. Yeah, now he's he, and he's he realizes not that. It. Yeah, which I like. I'm starting to see him spread the floor a little bit. So you're starting to see sort of a little bit of a different D Rose too. Yeah, he is. He is more of a facilitator than he was. What do you think of the Rondo deal? Man, interesting, huh? Yeah, Cuban's going for the gusto. I was like, "Wow!" I know. And it was late last night, like at eleven thirty, when I saw, it, and they yeah. said it finalized. And I'm like, "Damn!" I never thought they were going to get rid of Rondo. Well, Boston wasn't know. going nowhere. I'm going to look up the Mavericks starting lineup right now. I mean, that's well, they got Monte Ellis, who's a terrific scorer. Nowitzki's aging, but he's still a good player. Tyson Chandler, they got him back. He's a starting center. Yeah. Who else do they got in there? Uh. I'm gonna pull it up Monte. right now. Yeah, pull it up, dude. What did what did sports radio do before the internet? They, they probably that would, that's hard work, man. They probably sat down and did hours of research before they even hit the air. Oh yeah, it's easy now. Anybody can look up this stuff now. It's just crazy. Like when you think about it, you're like, man, dude, these guys literally had to. They had sources, people working on the inside, and they would, you know. Um. All right. Give me a second here. Oh, no, they traded away Jameer Nelson. That was part of the trade. Yeah, Jameer, they traded away. And you have Raymond Felton. Okay, the former Nick. But yeah. Tyson Chandler starting. Yeah, um, well, actually, hold on. I'm actually looking at the... Uh, what are you looking at? I was just looking at their roster right now. But, uh, yeah, they got Jameer, which was traded with that. So, I mean, he, that makes that team... They're, I think they're they're ranked sixth right now. They're ranked sixth, I think, right now in the uh, West. The West is very competitive. Roster. So you're looking at the total. 
they got a 19 and 8 record, so they got a good win loss record. Yeah, I mean they're not they're already not bad and I think with Rondo, that's opening up the whole whole can of worms for you. And Monte Ellis is is on fire right now. He's a scorer. He is a scorer. So yeah, I, I think that he's he's starting. No, yeah, so it's going to go you got Chandler, Dirk, uh Ellis. It's not Rondo. Rondo now. Yeah, it's not loading up. So who's uh who's the other forward? That's who we're missing. Yeah. You got Dirk as a forward, and we're missing one forward. Uh, here you go. All right. So uh, it's not J.J. Ber- oh, you got a backup, J.J. Barrera. Yeah, he's back on the team. Yeah. You got Felton, Devin Harris, uh, Richard Jefferson. No, he's bench. He's old. Um, yeah, he's old. Chan- right. Chandler Parson. Oh, yeah. From he's Houston. the other starting forward. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's you not got a, a lot of lineup, offensive. Man. You got, you know what? I think they're the number one uh, points per game. They're leading the league in scoring. The wow. Dallas. So you got Tyson at center. You've got uh, Tyson at center. You've got what's his name? Nowitzki at power forward. Parsons at small forward. Ellis at shooting guard. And now Rondo at point wow. guard. That's an amazing lineup, man. Yeah, and you know what? Rondo's another guy who we talk about unselfish. He's an unselfish guy. He won't mind. He'll look for his guys, and and he, the guy. Don't be surprised if he gets twenty assists. And their bench isn't bad. You got a lot of great talent. You got Charlie. Vel- it's the veterans. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have. I mean, this is some good. And you got a good coach, Richard Jefferson, David Harris, Raymond Felton, JJ Barrera, Charlie Villanueva. I mean, you got some solid what, bench here. What's his name again? He looks like Kerry. Uh, the coach on um, Rick Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. He looks like uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. That's uh, he's that, a good coach. That surprised me. The Rondo deal really did surprise me. So I'm not. I don't know. We'll see. It, you, they might be making a run for it right oh, now. Oh, they are. Cuban's going for it. Yeah. I mean, I can completely see them. I, I can even see this roster beat the Clippers. It's it's a very offensive minded roster. Gold, Golden State, Memphis, and the Mavs now. I think are the top three. Golden State is Golden State's rough, man. man. Dude, tough. Curry's an amazing player. So is Clay Thompson. Yeah, but Curry is exciting to watch. I love watching Curry. Me play. too. I said that he has one of the quickest released yeah. I've ever seen. I, two three years ago, I'm, I remember this kid in the NCAA in the fight in the in the, the March Madness. Yes, when he was popping like twenty five three pointers in one game. Yeah, he's a little bit streaky. Once yeah. he gets hot. You can't stop him. And he was playing for Davidson because he went to Davidson. Yes. And he, they, that's the year they made a, a, a run. I think they, they didn't make the Final Four. I think they made the Elite Eight, though. Okay. For a small school like that to go that far. And I remember they had Del Curry, his father, there. And it was like, man, it's like, dude, and like, who is this kid? And it was this little tiny kid that was popping three-pointers over everyone's. Like, and they were upsetting every team, like uh, bracket after bracket after bracket. And it was, like, amazing to watch. Like, you would go home, you'd be like, oh, Davidson's on today. I'm going to watch Curry shoot. Yeah, he's an exciting player. You know what? He's not just a shooter. He's an awesome shooter. But he's not just a shooter. He's got mad ball handle, Did handling you know? skills. He said that his dad still beats him in horse and three-point contests. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, his dad was a great three-point shooter. I remember his dad when he was playing the for Pacers. the Charlotte Hornets. He played for the Pacers, yeah, too. Yeah, but I remember he? when the Hornets, he used to do the three-point contests and win all the time. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's like father like son, I guess. Who knows? But Yeah, right. the genes. <laughs> yeah, it does. So uh, D-Row's good that he's getting his confidence back. I'm really I'm happy, happy to see that. I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. We, he's out, but he's got an illness. He's got a stomach flu. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? He put a string of games together, but and he showed some improvement. Who cares if he has that? At least he's getting uh, rest, too. You know what I mean? At the same time, he's got the flu, but at least he's getting some rest, too. 
Right, right. So, but you know, Tibbs, they he wants the team to play together because he wants them to know each other and play well with each other. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's coming. It's gonna come. So uh, we already talked about. Uh, I think Tibbs and and him showing um, a lot of trust in Miritich, and it's good to see. Um, and uh, some of the things also as well that was really interesting. When I was reading some articles is that Derek Rose even stated about Miritich that he said that. Miritich himself doesn't even know how good he is when he's on the floor, which is a huge compliment for Derrick Rose to tell a, a rookie, uh, yeah. dude, you're that good. Like, don't have, like, optimism or or doubt that you're not that good. Like, he even said, like, this guy does not know how good he is when he's on the floor. He's very talented. He's a great player. At times, he passes up the shot, you know. And, uh, so he, I, I watched yeah. a lot of his European basketball. I remember okay. I was telling you guys before. Yes. Then, uh, before when we were excited about the off season, um, he's he would he didn't play this game. So well, how did he play? He was a lot slower. So I'm really surprised at how he's adapting to the NBA game right now too. His defense is not bad. I, that's I what mean, I'm saying. It's not great, but it's not bad. He was a slow, sluggish player, but for European ball, he looked really good. Okay, and, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just from what I'm seeing him now in the NBA with these defenders. He's a high energy guy. Yeah, and he rebounds. Yep, I, I'm really liking. Uh, he's adapted to the game of the NBA really well. Uh, I think he's doing really good. He's catching on to Tibbs. I think very well. Tibbs is liking him a lot. You know what I mean? So I think they're feeding off of each other yeah, right now. Him and Gasol got a good chemistry yeah. too. Gasol, they said he took him under his wing. Yeah. He speaks Spanish. Uh, yeah, because he played Meritage. in Real. Yeah, because right. he played in Spain. Right. So he's showing them around. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, that's probably another good yeah. reason why we. Uh, honestly, that's probably another reason. We were talking about this before with uh, Mar- uh, Carmelo. Um, it's another good reason we probably went with Gasol too because he can communicate with Miritich. You know what I mean? So and if he, there's anything that needs to be said, and he's a good teacher for him. He's a good teacher. Because he fits they, our team well. Yeah, I know Miritich is Yugoslav. Well, I shouldn't say Yugoslavian, but he's Serbian. Yeah, yeah. I know he's well, Serbian. But when he, he when he played in Spain all those years, he learned how to speak Spanish. Right. So that's why Paul Gasol is from Spain. He speaks Spanish, so they communicate through Spanish because he doesn't know his English very well. So overall, he communicates well, and it's amazing. Think about it. You're the same position players, in a way. Yeah, well, they play different styles. Yeah, but same position players, and you've got a guy who's been in the league for so how many years and is an established all star who's developing a, a rookie that half the league wanted. Oh yeah, and they now he would have been a top ten pick. Yeah, we, talk, we spoke about that. before. Yeah, and then now he's he's developing this guy. I, I think it's amazing if Gasol develop him. But yeah. now go back to the Carmelo. Well, thing. no, one thing you know who Phil Jackson. They asked Phil Jackson who is the nicest guy out of all the superstars you had. You coach, and you know he had many: Jordan, Pippen, Kobe, Shaq. He had a lot of superstars. He said Gasol. He said Paul Gasol is the nicest guy out of all of them. Yeah, I've never heard that. I've heard that. Yes. Yeah, he you see seem, it. He seems like a nice guy. Paul, yeah, he yeah. really does. He really does. Yeah. So, like, you can tell from far away when you see the guy. They he said he's like a nice very guy. intelligent guy. He's very wordly. Yeah. You can have a conversation about anything with Gasol, and and he can, you know, he can communicate with that. He knows a lot about a lot of different things. I'm gl- I'm actually glad for that signing. But uh, there was articles that have been put out that said, hey. Maybe us not getting Carmelo is a plus in disguise. And yes, I've I seen really that. believe that. I think with Carmelo in our roster, I think right now we would not be where we're at right now. You know, the size helps 
the rebound. And this guy is giving us almost 12 rebounds a game. The offensive scoring Dude, he's, he's doing. He's he looks re-energized, he's re-invigorated. He's a double-double machine. He's putting up the numbers that Kevin Love was putting up the last two, three years. But you know what? The way I watch it, he does it better than Kevin Love. Yeah. He does it more on the inside. He plays like I used to play. He does. He's the garbage he does. man, big, dude. Big <laughs> he just sits in the post. He gets those garbage. He looks bad doing it, but you know what? He does it. He's fundamentally, if you watch him, very sound. Yeah. When he gets the rebound, remember remember the Sheik? The one knock about the Sheik was he would bring the ball down and they would strip it from yes, him. Yes, I remember? hated that. I, I hated, hated that. that shit when I you kept watching that. You know who else used that. to do that? Who else? I always remember this, even though I love his commentary, Stacey King. Oh, he used to do that all too. the time. I remember Stacy was such a big kid back then in the league. Yeah, and I was like, Stacy, come on, man, you can just go up there and dunk it in there. Like he would get these offensive, defensive rebounds, and it's just like, dude, don't put the ball don't down. Don't put the ball down. Just go up and slam it. And he he would always bounce the ball and then just boom, s- strip. And I'm like, dude, stop. Right. If you watched him dunking, if you watch Paul he Gasol, never lets it hit the floor. They never let it. They don't even bring it to their chest. Yeah, they, they keep, keep the it ball in the up. Air. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they'll grab the rebound, they keep it above their head, it, and they just they they drop, and then they jump right back up, and it goes back in, or they're dunking it in. Exactly. I mean, yep. they're so fun. I mean, they're not real quick. You see, they both can't jump real high, but they're like the top. They're, they're the top still dunking, and Gasol are like the top centers in the league. Yeah. And his brother, Marcus All. Did you do your NBA voting yet? No. For All-Star? No. Oh, you got to do it. You can do it every day. Oh yeah, yeah. You can do it. On you got to show too. me how, big guy. Yeah, I already did. I put in. Uh, I voted Jimmy Butler. Uh, no doubt, Jimmy Butler. I did Gasol. Gasol too, hands down. Um, and I did. Uh, and believe me, I'm a Chicago fan. I would like to do all the Chicago players. Uh, and I did. Uh, I, I believe it or not, I didn't do Noah. Well, he's been. He hasn't been playing exactly. too much this season. That's yeah. why when I vote, I vote for what what players are currently. Right. Well, well, I think that's the criteria you know of that. I, mean? I think some people are like, if Charles Barkley would have came back today and played in his retirement, they would have voted him in just because it's Charles just Barkley. Just because it's Charles it's Barkley like, no, on his past could, reputation. Yeah, it's right. like you can't. So, no. Um, but I, I forgot. I, you voted for another bull? Uh, there was a third one. I forgot. I think, no, I didn't do Mary. Hey, how about Aaron Brooks for a six-man? He's yeah. pretty good, huh? Yeah. I, I, I like mean, he's a lot. spark plug for our team. So... Dunleavy, going back to to role players, I think at least he's a player. Again, I didn't like him when we got him. Yeah, the, I liked him, and the reason is because I think I was I was a little upset that we got rid of rid of Bellinelli because I love Bellinelli. Well, Bellinelli was good in his own way too, and he's actually being talked about trade right now too. I don't know with who though. Okay, but um. And and we got Dunleavy, and I really wasn't too excited. And I really wasn't excited the last couple of years with him. But this year, he's starting to show me that he is a, an amazing role player right now. He does the things we need him to do when we need him to do it and when we ask him to do it. And, I, right, he's awesome. I, I mean, he's doing I, great. I, I've always liked Dunleavy. And when we need him offensively. Yes. So I, I, and I'm, he's a very smart player. He doesn't turn the ball over much. Um, he does. He does many things well. What happened to Tony Snell? Man, it's like he's off of the face of the earth. He's on that hidden in that bench. Something happened. I don't know. Or maybe just all these other guys he got are overshadowing him. I, because something happened. Tom doesn't trust him anymore. You think trade bait? I, his stock's not very high because he hasn't had a lot of playing time. That's a problem. They might package him together with Taj or something to get like a first round top 10 pick or something. I don't know. 
I know Taj, a lot of people would want Taj. He's a high-energy guy who gets rebounds, who plays hard defense. Tom likes that kind of player, too, so I don't know. think yeah. Tom would be too willing to give Taj up. Yeah, but if it's um, if, and like I said, if it's not 100%. If losing Jimmy Butler or not, you're going to yeah. have to do it. Yeah, I know the salary <laughs> cap's going up because of the TV deal. I don't know how much. And, and again, I don't think they're going to do it during the season. I think if they do pull the Taj thing, they're probably going to do it right before draft or like during draft. Yeah, well, well, they'll turn around and be like, "Hey, we got to think of next year now." Depending on if we won or not, you know what I mean. Then they're going to sit down and be like, "All right, you know what? We're going to lose Jimmy. We need to re-sign Jimmy, and the draft's coming up next. So why don't we just trade Taj and Tony Snell, get a draft pick, and then we'll try to draft someone." <coughs> so I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, Jimmy, I mean, yeah, let's talk about Jimmy a little bit. Did you get the details on it? I heard he was offered $10 million for four years, so $40 million. And I heard the offer came somewhere around 2 and a half to $3 million short, something in that neighborhood per year. So let's just say he was asking $13, let us just say. And they, they let it go. They let it go. What do you think he's going to be asking now, Big Nick? What do you really think? <clears throat> Let's just hypothetically, if he continues on this pace. All right, so I think he's playing right. He's going to get a max deal. I, I really believe you that. You really believe I that? I think yeah. he can either get a max deal, he's going to get around 16 to $17 million. Um, if, if you look at people who got max deals in the NBA, some of these guys that got it are not worth it. And I, I can't, man, I can't think of this kid's name in Utah that got that Gordon max deal. Hayward? Uh, how? Yeah. Did he get a max deal? How? I want to know who this guy's agent is, and he needs to work for me. I know. Because there's Maybe no, he can get us some money. There's no way he should get a max deal. If I haven't seen too much of him. He's to be okay. With you. Okay. But he's not. Because Utah, they don't show Utah yeah, on TV too they're much. They're banking on the kid being great in the future. You can't do that. To get a max deal, you should be an established player. Right. And for a max deal, yeah. If they're giving max deals for guys like that, Jimmy's going to get five, six, seven teams to give him max deals. I, I, and my, and and again, you can't, you brought up a good point, Jackman. What if we did match that two million dollars? If we could afford it again, I don't have the financials in front of me. And if we did do that, maybe he wouldn't be performing at the level he's performing at right now. And I agree with that. There's some hunger. There's something to prove. Yeah, and he's doing it because it's, it's a little fire. Year that and, too, and that's why he's doing that. So, and he's probably w- <clears throat> want to prove all the doubters because you know, you know, Maybe the talk, a- the talk about Jimmy was superb defensively, yeah. offensively. Not ah, too good. Remember the talk was before yep. we're looking for a shooting guard. Well, who he could was score scared to shoot the ball in the playoffs last year. Remember, he every time he got the ball it was like hot well, potato. He passed it off right away. He didn't want it. Yeah, well, this so, year he, he emerged big I, time. I, maybe the, I seen it in the preseason too. Remember that game against uh, Detroit? Yeah, M- maybe uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe the Bulls did this strategically, knowing that they can get more out of him without signing him right now, so he could be hungry, and then they would re-sign I, him. But I don't know about that because they're going to have to fork over more money, big man. Th- well, that and what if he gets pissed off now and he goes, you know what? I don't care if you guys give me more than anyone else. You guys didn't re-sign me during the season, and I'm not staying. No, I heard otherwise. I heard. <clears throat> But money talks and bullshit walks, as we all know. I heard Jimmy Butler wants to stay a bull. He likes it here, and he wants to stay a bull. I hope he does. I hope he does too. But how much will we? You know, how much? How much money is it gonna? 
Cake. He, here's the bottom line. I think if he really wants to stay in Chicago, and if he does, I think he's going to be the like Bulls a guy in here. Him. Maybe 14. And that's, again, if you've got that space. Right. Because we're really tight right now in space. Right. I so mean, that's you, where I'm I mean, saying, we've got D-Roll sitting at the max. Yeah, that's now what we're going to have another guy at the max. You might have to get rid of Taj Gibson. Right. And right. that's the only guy you can maybe get rid of because he's not a starter. So you can get rid of him. You can that's wor- that's got some good value. Yeah, he's making eight, I think. We yeah, looking at the number. Yeah, that's your seven yeah. or eight. He's making. Yeah, I think it was around eight million a yeah. year. Yeah, so he's making seven or eight. You can free that up. You can pay him and maybe even bring in another lower caliber top free agent guy. Right. And who knows who you're going to draft if you can get a draft pick with him? You know what I mean? Yeah, but we got to see how the season goes along and how Noah plays because if 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 Noah's in and out of the lineup, then Taj becomes more important. Yeah. So uh, that that's going to be really But I know what you're saying, you know. Um, the Ray Allen rumors are still out there. I would love to have them. Not now, towards the end of the season. Right before you get into the playoffs, if hopefully no one picked them up, sign them. Keep them on your bench. Bring him on in the fourth quarter, one minute left when you need a three-point shooter. He is clutch. I don't think Ray Allen really wants to play during the season. I think he just yeah, wants to play in the I think playoffs. That's what he's waiting. That's for. what he's waiting for. Then he's going <clears> to <throat> decide which team he wants to go on and sign with them. Yeah, but I, I, I would love to have him on my bench. I would love to have that weapon that I know. Hey, this guy's clutch. You can put the ball in the sand. He can pop the three ball. And if you're coming up with a problem, and, put Ray Allen in and there. And Tibbs does have some ties with him in Boston. Yep. So I, I, I would really like to see him come. You but know, again, we would have to see if someone else is going to sign him or not. Yeah, I'm not crazy about him just because I think we got a lot. I really do. Hopefully, we don't need him. Right. He needs us, if anything. Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, he's he's a talented player. He's older now, but he can, you know, he can. he's a good player. He played on Miami in the playoffs. He was clutch. Yeah, you he remember was. Remember that shot on the side? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be like a shot everyone will remember, like the Jordan shot. Yeah, the, the, against San Antonio. San Antonio should have won that series. I mean, the Spurs should have won. They should have won two in a row against Miami. LeBron's lucky he's got two rings. He should have really only had one. But what's your I take? digress. Ch- changing subjects. What's your take on Cleveland, man? I don't. I know they're. It's going to take them time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just was really shocked that it they weren't. Yeah, it didn't surprise me because my, if you remember when Miami first joined together, they started off the same way. Big Nick, they had problems. Look at that picture with Gasol and. Uh, uh, Paul and Mark when they were young. Wow, yeah. Yeah, see? See how much heavier Mark was? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up uh, some the stats score? here. <coughs> no, it's not up there. I was trying to pull some stats up. Like what? I might have them. <coughs> Team stats. Because the last like time what? I checked, Jimmy, who's who's uh, points per game? Jimmy okay, Butler. Okay, Jimmy still? Butler is twenty one point five points a game. All right, because the is average two is days almost old. six rebounds a game. <clears throat> rebounds, Gasol, twelve. Yes, eleven point seven. Noah's at nine point six. Right. All right. Then you've got assists. It's D Rose at five. Okay. Uh, and then you got blocks with Gasol at one point eight. The only thing that's killing us right now is that we suck at home. Yeah, we're only five and five at home. <clears throat> yeah, so that's really the only thing. But again, you, you know what? You know what? When I watched the Bulls game, you did you watch the Knicks game yesterday? No, I was at oh, work. Okay, when I was watching it, the fans don't really get into it. Remember the old Mad Madhouse? They don't since, get in ever yeah. since they changed the stadiums. What happened, Nick? Yeah. Well, what happened? I would say during the the Jordan era, even at the United Center, I think it did. Um, okay, but I think it was. It was much louder 
uh, at the old Chicago Stadium. I, I, I thought it was louder. Yeah. In the late eighties, even when they weren't champions. This is they... this is I we sp- I spoke about this with certain people. Um this is what my take is on it. Um the game's twenty eight twenty six, bulls up by two. Okay. <clears throat> so second quarter. I got minutes. a DVR, so I'm gonna check it out when I go home. So um I I personally believe that Tickets, if you think about it, back in those days in Chicago Stadium, until they started doing that, weren't super expensive. Yeah, you're right. So the type of players or, or audience or, or fans that would go there are guys like you and me. More blue-collar. Blue-collar guys that work hard at, and, and, and put in the time and the hours for their work. And <clears throat> those are guys that are more likely going to be loud and excited and, and get great entertainment out of it. Right. You work a hard day's work, and that's your release. <laughs> Then once they build the United Center, they've spent millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars to build that place. You had to get your money back. So in return, Reinsdorf not only now has a team that won three world champion, NBA championships, now you have to pay for the new stadium as well too. Right. So at that point, you have to increase the tickets. And who's able to – seriously, we've been court – not courtside, but we've been we're to what, first level third, before. Like th- third or fourth row, right? <clears throat> and this is when they sucked. Remember, it was that year that they did the comebacks. It, it, yeah, they didn't suck, but they weren't as good as they were now. That, 04, tickets, that was like 04, 05 was and, the Ben Gordon comeback. Yeah, and those were $75, $78 a piece. How about now those seats? Those tickets now are like 250 to 400 Right. So right. – any normal blue collar person, or even any middle class person right now, even if you're making decent money, let's say you're making six digits right now, a normal person making hundred thousand, because right nowadays hundred thousand is really nothing. But say you're making hundred thousand, even if that person has some common sense, they're not going to pay four hundred dollars for a freaking seat when I can watch the game better on TV. Right, you know what I mean. So, or if they do it, they might only go like one game the whole year. Yeah, they're not going to be they're not going to be repeat fans all the time. And if you look at the stadium, the the the, the percentage of white collar um, jobs with professionals, <clears throat> and if you look at the stands, it's a lot of professionals, which means businesses are taking their clients there. You can't have a guy that's taking a client to the Bulls game go crazy, get drunk, and go crazy. You know what? That's a good point, Big Nick. <laughs> So that's if you're good, sitting in the fans, that's a good point. and I'm sorry I'm coughing, I got an itch on the right side of my, that means someone's talking good about me right now. <clears throat> so that means that if I'm, if you're my client, Jackman, and I'm bringing you to the United Center so we can go watch D-Rose and the Bulls because they're such a great team, I'm trying to sell you something so I can get something for my job, right? Right. I'm not going to start drinking 10 beers and then, yeah, D-Rose, yeah, and go nuts. No. Because then you're going to be like, this guy's an alcoholic and he's a nutcase. Right. So, you're going to want to put your best foot forward, and you're going to act. You're going to do the small clap, yes, golf clap, and you're going to yes. be like, yeah, that was great, oh, awesome, fun, Almost whatever. like a tennis game. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's my take on why it's not like you that. You know what? I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. That's a good point. So, And, and honestly, until you start seeing... Um, I mean, I almost want to go to the game. We should go to some games. I almost want to rile these fans up. We're at home. Come on. We got a good team. You can, and you know where you're going to get that? Where? Nosebleed up top, 300 level. Yeah. Because I remember going to Hawks games, and to this day, when you go to the Hawks games, Hawks games are predominantly almost everywhere. They're, They're sort of loud. But if you sit in the 300 level, don't bring kids with you. F bombs, S all over the place, drunks. Like, that's. 
blue collar America. You right. know what I mean? Right. And that's where it's at. So uh, that's, I think, why you're not getting the excitement that we used to in the past. And I think the sound acoustically was better in the Chicago Stadium. Okay. So I think the sound, when people made sound, it was it, built in the way like the Rosemont Horizon. I'll always call it Rosemont Horizon. Like I'll always call Cellular Field, U.S. Cellular, the Comiskey Park. Um, it's built in a way for the sound to drop. Because remember when we went to a couple of the Raws? Yes. The sound's loud in there because of the way it's built. Okay. And they also okay. built that because of the planes fly over at Rosemont. Yes. So they wanted to make it. So when people cheer there, it's really loud because it bounces back. <clears throat> so, all right. Surprise teams in the East or the West. Okay. Did you look at that, or you can't think of it on the top of your head? Uh, Do East first. Who's surprising me who's good? Yeah. So I'm not too surprised that Toronto's on top. No, or Washington. Or Washington, exactly. So that, okay. that's not surprising me. I'm not surprised Cleveland's in the middle of the road. That's a tiny bit of surprising that they're not doing that. I'm great, not too okay. surprised, but I think they're going to improve as the yep. season rolls on. Atlanta is my surprise. East okay, team. yeah, Atlanta. They were a playoff team last year, but they weren't this this Look good. Look at their roster now. I don't. It's not too good. Corver <coughs> starting, ain't he? Yeah, but it's just I don't know. I he, just when don't. he was with us, he was on the bench. Yeah, he was a bench mob. So Atlanta's my surprise East team. Yeah, I'll say Atlanta <clears throat> too. Memphis in the West. Memphis is not in the West. It's it's I don't. They're all good in the West. If you look the one to eight seed for playoffs, if they started today, they're all like single digit. Oh, here's one for you. <clears throat> Someone brought this up the other day. Do you think Golden State is going to beat the Bulls' record? You know, I was thinking about that too. They're on pace too. What are they? What twenty two and two right now? I think twenty one and three. Oh, so okay. No, no. Twenty two and three, dude. They're twenty two and three. Yeah. What do you think? Man, I thought that record would never be touched. It's 72 and 10. With what they're it's doing. It's in jeopardy. Yeah. With what they're doing right now, it's a little scary. Even Memphis is 21 and 4. <laughs> Hopefully the Bulls can make them 21 and 5 after tonight. Yeah, Memphis I think will take a couple. Uh, oh, right. 30 to 29. Man, it's a good game, dude. Oh, man, I wish I was watching it right now. Yeah, we should we should stop the show and just <laughs> go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, th- that's it's interesting to see them. Uh, Atlanta's my shocker right now in the whole NBA. I think Atlanta, yeah, I would say Atlanta, yeah, yeah. So I they, didn't think they were going to be this good at this point. I knew Washington was going to be solid. I told you that Toronto's an up and coming young team with a lot of good players. Look at a Indi- young team. Look at Indiana. Well, we knew that without self, Paul George. Self, self, even with Paul George, I think they'd be failures. Yeah, they, I don't think they would be. They the need top to get no rid more. of that They had their little run. They need to get rid of that coach. He's garbage. Uh, that locker room does not trust him. He's like Tressman Part Two, <laughs> oh, and man. they need to go. Like he needs to be disappeared. But they they probably won't ever get rid of him. So I don't know what they're going to end up doing. So all right. So what else do you got for Bulls? That's it. That's pretty much it. Wraps you, it up. You know what? When pretty soon, but I got a couple points. One thing that bothers me. I don't know if it bothers you, Nick. When I watch the Bulls game, even when they play mediocre teams or shitty teams. Like yesterday, they don't kick nobody's ass. They don't blow many games yeah, out. They're all close games. They're all close games, and I'm like, it's okay to watch, but sometimes you need a blowout so you can rest your guys even more. You know, it's nice to get be twenty points, twenty five points ahead. It may not be the nicest game for us as fans to watch, but you can get the backups in there. You can get the starters a rest. 
The only thing I can think of is that the reason they're doing that uh, is because of uh, they're just not giving it their all because they know they got the game won and they're just taking it easy. You know what? And I hope that's the reason. I hope that's the reason. Okay. I see some of that, but you know what? That can have problems further down the road because against certain teams, when you take it easy and they stay in the game, oh, they'll eat you, they'll bite you, they'll in the bite ass you later. in the ass and then they'll yeah. get a lucky shot or something, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I can see that, but I, I, I really the, hope it's that they're just <clears throat> taking it easy. I know what you mean, but they got to get out of that mindset. And Tibbs is the one; Tibbs is forcing them, is telling them not to be in that mindset because he's he's a great motivator. He's a great coach. He's a hard-nosed coach. I, I, and really, he knows I love that. Tibbs. Yeah, me too. Me too. And he knows that that can uh, lead to problems down the line if you take it easy. Because I think the Bulls got a little bit of cockiness in them. I really do. Like, okay, we're a good team. We know we're going to win. But you got to play hard every night. You have to. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I, let, let's just pray that that's what it is. And you um, know what? I hope Dougie, when he comes back, I hope he can start to transition in a little bit. I think we're going to need his offense. In the playoffs, shots are hard to come by. I think the guy shows some good offensive skills. Defensively, he has a little bit of a hard time, but I think that'll improve once he gets used to the speed of the game. I would really love to see Dougie uh, get into it sort of like the. Uh like, um, what's his name, Mirtich, if he can get into that same groove. Me too. Oh, that'd be amazing. Because, like I said, in the playoffs, <clears throat> points are hard to come by. You're going to need somebody to space the floor. We got Mirtich. He can do it. Dunleavy's a pretty good three-point shooter, but it would be nice to have McDermott coming off the bench and opening the game up for us with the threes. And then they'll free up Paul Gasol. That'll free up Noah, you know, for some in- inside-and-out yeah. game, which Tib loves to do. So uh, the the Cubs just signed David Ross right now, uh, two years, five million contract. Um, <clears throat> I don't know about that move. You guys just got Montero, and we're getting Ross in, and it sounds like they're going to use Ross when Lester is pitching because of the chemistry there. But, I mean, and that's not a lot of money. I guess they can try to platoon it either way, but I don't know. I, th- that could work out, I guess, for Lester if it's going to make him a better pitcher and win more games, but. We'll see what happens. Hey, check this out for a tidbit. You know how much Clay Thompson got, right? He got seventeen million a year, seventy millions yes. for four years, yep. right? If you look at his stats, now we're just comparing them as of now. This okay. is not the whole season, not the whole career. Uh, I know Clay Thompson's a great shooter and a great player in his own right. He's averaging twenty one point six points a game, three point six rebounds. Jimmy's averaging twenty one point five points a game, neck and neck, and he out rebounds his uh, Thompson, yeah, five point eight. So his agent's probably going to look at that and be like, "Okay, I'm sure he's going to look at that. Use that as leverage." Play seventeen, right? I want seventeen or more. Yeah, but if you his know, numbers improve, the thing that Clay brings to the it's table, it's almost like remember when they were comparing D Rose with Westbrook, the MVP year? Yes, and they were like, "Look at their numbers are they're, identical. They're close, yeah. right?" And uh, who knows? But but Clay, <clears throat> I think when Rose comes back. Uh, he's going to be more of a focal point for scoring. And Clay Thompson is a little bit more of a go-to guy for now than Jimmy. Yeah, but... I, I mean, th- Jimmy's emerging. The league is starting to look at Jimmy in a different light, I think, right now. Everybody in the Oh, NBA. no, for, for sure they are. And they're going to start trying to pay more attention to him. Exactly. Yes. So I think that's yeah. going to be the thing. And, and we'll see towards the end of the season. They may adapt to him differently. 
Right. Because now teams will go into the games knowing, hey, we need we to gotta watch him. out exactly. for Jimmy, right. Where before and that's gonna open up the floor for the other guys on the court. Yeah. You know, twenty two points a game is nothing to sneeze sneeze at. It's not. No. Yeah, he's having a and great year. And the defense if he's playing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So yeah. we'll and see the steals. Yeah, well, we don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think that overall, I think Jimmy Butler is someone to. Uh, who knows? I, I I think some people may figure out figure him out towards the end of the season, and we might not get we might not get that offense out of him. It's a wait and see game. If he yeah, continues, that he's going to get the money. Plain simple. If he continues this path, right? We'll be back with more guys. Yeah, we'll be back. Hopefully, they can pull it out tonight. I know it's gonna. It's a close game. It's probably gonna go down to the wire. Yeah, we got to cut it short so we can run and see some of this at least. At least the fourth quarter. Yeah, I had fun, Nick. I don't know about you, man. I had no, fun. I did. We had to get this in, guys. We, um, like I said, Sunday we're gonna be doing wrestling in part one of Bears. Uh, a lot to talk about Bears. We're gonna have uh, uh, Wrestle Talk Radio with uh, Kess and Levi and me. Um, then uh, right after that, we'll be doing part one of uh, our Bears talk. Uh, Kess and uh, the mouth of the Midwest will be at Soldier Field to watch the last home game of the season um, and give us our input and frustrations um, of all that stuff. So Monday, we'll be doing one more round radio with Sammy the Bull and Jackman. So we'll be uh, here doing one more round radio with the tons of boxing news that we have. Uh, and then a lot of fights happen in December. It's been a busy month, November, December. Yeah, and then we're going to be covering uh, Bears Part 2, The Analysts, uh, the Chicago Tree Party. Uh, same with the Bull and Jackman, and we'll be talking about uh, our take of the Bears uh, as well. So we're going to have two intakes here and two uh, takes for that stuff. So be interesting. A lot of stuff going on. Um, we're glad to be back. We will be back. We'll be uh, uh, gutting these out for you guys iTunes we will be fixing so please keep going on iTunes if you guys go on iTunes please comment uh, and rate us uh, whatever you guys want five stars or whatever the case is Uh, the more stars the better gets us higher we're just trying to see how high we can get on the ranking system hopefully we can beat Chris Jericho's podcast which is I think number one right now on iTunes that'd be pretty funny a local like Chicago podcast to go all the way up there but that's a good goal it's gonna be word of mouth um but uh, that's pretty much all I got, guys, for right now. Uh, go Bulls today. Um, I'll great talk sh- to you guys back on Monday. Yeah. Big Nick, we'll do it again. Yeah, we'll With do it Sammy. again. With Sammy. With Sammy the Bull. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys on uh, Monday. I will see you on uh, Sunday. Good night, Chicago. <laughs>